Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Mike Galtieri here, and welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. So happy to have you on board. Football season has concluded. Boston College, we're on to basketball, new star of the year. And, you know, I thought it'd be great to have uh, a lot of talk about NIL and, you know, what it means for the future of Boston College. So we're lucky enough to be joined by uh, Tim McLaughlin of Blueprint Sports. He's in charge of the Friends of the Heights. And uh, nice enough to join us. We'll get right into that and talk about the exciting new world of college athletics. Like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you got to be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Uh, pre-game, post-game tailgates on the road. It's a spot to be. That's the BC Football Gridiron Club, bcfootballgridiron.com for more details. Okay, with that now, we bring in Tim. First of all, Tim, so happy to have you on board. You're a 2011 Boston College graduate, manager of Boston College men's basketball. Just so happy to have you. And, uh, you know, just exciting times, Tim, in the college sports world. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on, Mike G. It's a, it's a pleasure and a privilege. I know you paved the way for me as a manager uh, back uh, when I graduated in 2011. So <laughs> great to see you come full circle. And uh, I'm just glad to be on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, no, no question about it. You know, I like to get all the history of our guests, too. We'll get into NIL in a sec. But just talk about where did you grow up? Where did you go to high school? And what attracted you to go to Boston College way back then? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. So uh, I grew up on the North Fork of Long Island. Uh, went to Greenport High School. Uh, just a local public school, was very involved in athletics, for, uh, you know, as a high school uh, athlete, um, played basketball, little baseball, little soccer, and um, just chose Boston College because, quite frankly, it, at the time, it was, you know, preeminent, obviously, academically, and then athletically, you know, the, the, the sports landscape, you know, being transitioning, you know, over to the ACC, and you know the you know the premier programs, all the the history of the Big East really drew me as someone that wanted to get involved in college athletics and wanted to be a part of it. And definitely was lucky my freshman year stepping on campus. You know, football team was number two with Matt Ryan. You know, helming the uh, quarterback position for the Eagles and getting involved with the basketball team and being able to work with you know great student athletes like Reggie Jackson and Tyrese Rice and you know the managerial squad we had. It was just. You know, a first-class experience. I uh, can't say enough about my experience at BC and, and loved every moment of it. Yeah, yeah. You were coming in, you know, especially those first couple of years, some good teams, um, NCAA teams, and as you mentioned, football. What's your favorite moment, uh, your sports moment at the Heights? Yeah, I would say probably just from uh, the third, from a football perspective, the Thursday night win uh, for BC averaging attack where – uh, Matt was rolling left and threw across his body to his right against Virginia Tech. I believe we won 14-10 that game. And that Thursday night, I was a freshman, and we were just uh, on upper campus and just the, the hordes of people that were just celebrating. It was an experience like, like none other. Uh, and then on the basketball side, the men's basketball side, obviously, was very close to the program. So there's a lot to count. Um, you know, obviously, winning on the road at number one UNC was, was a huge um 
you know, momentous occasion to be a part of. That's right. One of my favorite favorite memories that's kind of like off the grid a little bit is a moment from my junior year, I believe, um, was a moment lost to history. Reggie Jackson had one of the nastiest in-game dunks, and it was like clutch last minute of the game versus Miami. I suggest everyone YouTube this. He got called for a charge, which is the worst call I've ever seen, over uh, Reggie Johnson, I think it was, in Miami. And it was one of the nastiest in-game, in-game dunks I've ever seen, but it got called off. But I suggest, I, I highly recommend people go back and YouTube that because uh, BC ended up winning that game, but I will never forget seeing that dunk in person. It was one of the most incredible feats I've ever seen. Okay, yeah, we gotta look. I wonder if it's there because it wasn't. It was a charge. I wonder if that's on YouTube. It probably is. Trust me, I, I go back and YouTube it like once a year. Just to <laughs> it, it's there. <laughs> okay, tip. So fast forward now. Let's talk about what what's your life like been like after graduation, and what's led you uh, to Blueprint Sports and Friends of the Heights. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. So really, I, I've taken a little bit of a circuitous route in my career, but it all stems from my work in athletics. I was lucky enough at BC to work with both Al Skinner and Steve Donahue, who were the head coaches at the time. Um, first two years I worked with the team was with uh, Al, and the, the last year, my senior year, Steve came in. So I always knew getting into working as a manager, I wanted to get into some type of, uh, whether it was coaching or administrative work um, in men's basketball at the collegiate level. So I actually ended up uh, coaching college basketball for five years post-graduation. So my first two years uh, out of college, I worked with another BC alum, um, Tom Devitt, uh, who was the head coach at Wentworth Institute of Technology. He was a, a BC manager himself. And I actually was on the sidelines with another BC alum during that time, Daniel Abrams, who many people remember, 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, absolute stud. So, again, BC connections paid off for me there. And then went on to coach at a couple of different other institutions Wesleyan University in Connecticut, and then University of Rochester. Um, but ultimately, you know, coaching was amazing. I had a great experience. I ended up going into development, so I got into athletic fundraising. Um, so I ended up doing that for six years at University of Pennsylvania. And again, all roads lead back to Boston College because really my foot got in the door through my connection with current Penn head coach Steve Donahue, uh, who obviously I had worked with in my times at BC. So. Yeah, I got into more of the fundraising side of things, the more administrative side of things with college athletics. And then really with the spur of NIL recently, it's um, been a hot topic topic issue. And it's been something that I've really looked into as something to, you know, uh, differentiate myself in my career. And it's been great that this opportunity of Blueprint came up. And even better that I was able to kind of parlay it with a, this partnership with Friends of the Heights, which I certainly could touch on. So, Definitely very fortunate to be where I'm at, and obviously Boston College played a, a huge role in it. Yes, yeah, yeah. So let's get let's get right into it. So let just first of all, for you know, people might be not aware, give us a connection. What is Blueprint Sports, and how do what do they do to manage it, and how did the Friends of the Heights become all connected with it, and kind of go go from there to kind of give people the thirty thousand view. Yes, so certainly can. So Blueprint Sports is a startup company that basically pivoted from a um, more marketing, similar to like an open door, so it was like a marketplace for NIL deals that student-athletes can leverage. Um, and basically, a few donors at an institution came to our CEO and said, hey, how do we 
start to, you know, build a collective. We don't know how or what to do in order to do so. And that really spurred in our CEO's mind, like, hey, this could be a differentiator. We could be kind of the full suite of services Learfield model for NIL collectives. And that's really how this pivot has turned. And now we are the preeminent, uh, basically, powering of collectives in the industry. Uh, We partner with, right now, almost 15 collectives, Friends of the Heights being one of them. And in my role, I oversee kind of the East Coast properties, you know, Friends of the Heights, uh, of course, being one of them. So we basically, yeah, we, we offer a whole suite of services at, at all our properties, including BC, um, for NIL collectives. There's there's a lot that goes into it. What I'll say is a lot of uh, very good intentioned um, alums are, are starting these operations and, and come quickly to realize that it's a lot to take on. And, um, you know, that's where we can come in and kind of provide that full suite of services, you know, from uh, an operations side, we can help contract with the collective, with the student athletes, we can help, you know, the student athletes, you know, guide and and fulfill those contracts. We work, you know, we make sure the student athletes are compensated for their work. We make sure, you know, they're educated on the tax withholding piece of it, all types of compliance. We, we run it really run from soup to nuts everything from the student athlete side and then really more from my side in my role i'm worried about the fundraising making sure the collectives can you know build you know a pool of funding by which um you know they can contract with student athletes in order for them to earn their compensation um for the different deals that they do so that's kind of in a nutshell what our what our property or uh, what our company does gotcha yep so and and then now for people who may not know just Name, image, and likeness. Kind of give us the history of that and how that's changed and involved with uh, college athletics. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Yeah, the world really changed July 1, 2021, when basically um, it became open season that, you know, student-athletes could be compensated for their name, image, and likeness, which, from my vantage point, um, the reason why I, you know, became part of this industry and, and was lucky to get a role in it was because I truly believe that you know, student athletes do deserve to be compensated for their name, image, and likeness, and it's it's something I always equated to. You know, if a, if a concert pianist can come up, you know, to a institution and you know make uh, earn compensation based on their name, image, and likeness, why can't student athletes? Um, what's what's the difference, right? So, the fact that this is now a reality, um, you know, certainly has made it. Uh, it's been a boon for student athletes to be able to capitalize. You're, you're seeing kind of the gamut run from some of these individuals that have made higher representation that, you know, kind of do their own deals versus more the collective model, which is a little bit more, you know, altruistic trying to support uh, most of the time. It's like full, you know, some type of, you know, up and down the roster type, um, you know, deals um, to be struck. So yeah, name, image, and likeness is certainly new, um, but it's definitely been embraced from the highest of the high power fives to, even, you know, uh, some low to mid-tier, you know, uh, Division One schools as well. And what I would say is, if you look at the landscape today, there's probably maybe one, but likely zero 
um, power five schools at this point that don't have some type of collective that is working with them. So, yeah, it's great that Friends of the Heights has started to operationalize and, and we're in alignment with other power five institutions. That's a great segue to my next question. So what's the history of Friends of the Heights? How did it form? Um, just kind of, I know you weren't directly involved with the formation of it, but just from what you know, how did it all kind of come together? And I think you mentioned it's Friends of Heights kind of on the later side of the school starting uh, funds, or where does how does it all come together in terms of other schools as well? Yeah, I mean, Friends of the Heights just uh, launched um, late November, early December this past year. So you know, it's it's led by a very passionate group of board of directors. So Joe Popolo, Scott Mutrin. Sam Ryan, Brian Tusa are the, the board of directors. I work with them on a daily basis to make sure we're, um, you know, trending where we need to tread on the, on the fundraising side. And our team at, at Blueprint is also working with them to make sure, you know, that they have all their needs from a marketing communication standpoint as well. So, you know, we also have an advisory board that consists of um, some familiar names, uh, Charlotte North, Jerry York, and we just uh, welcome, welcomed on uh, Malcolm Huckabee as well. A BC basketball grade. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a, a great start for the collective so far. Um, we're not obviously uh, within the NIL landscape. None of these collectives at any of the schools is directly associated or linked to the university. You know, however, while Friends of the Heights is not directly linked to Boston College, and uh, even in the press release where we did go live um, about a month and a half ago. Blake James was quoted in the press release announcing the collective with his full support of it. So he's got a quote in that press release too. So you're seeing more and more alignment from university athletic departments and these collectives as, you know, there's this holistic approach to how to support the student athlete experience with NIL becoming a large part of it. So it's been great to see him, obviously great to be a part of. And how can people donate to the fund? Uh, What's ways they can get involved with it? So ways to get involved, that's really where I come in, and that's a great question, Mike. So it's been great. I've actually had multiple people just within my networks already reach out to me to, to learn more, the you included, but there's a lot of intrigue and a lot of interest around it. It's been great building to where we've been so far, uh, and the collective is gaining more and more steam every single week. Certainly encourage all BC alums to support the collective, you know, in, in a different, you know, myriad of different ways. You know, obviously financially is first and foremost. Um, you know, obviously supporting at whatever level will be comfortable for each individual is what, you know, our, our, our task is. And, you know, what's great and a differentiator for what we've done with the Friends of the Heights is that within Blueprint Sports, we partner with the BPS Foundation. So um, the Friends of the Heights has a partner 501c3 whereby donors can provide a tax-deductible donation to Friends of the Heights. And on the back end, we basically partner with local 501c3 nonprofits within the Boston area in order to strike deals with the student athletes and then have them appear at those nonprofits, promote any events they have coming on, and be involved. And it's really a, a win-win-win from that perspective. And the donors can get involved and see their impact while you know getting a tax-deductible donation in. Um, obviously, the student athletes benefit from being in the community, you know, helping those in need and, and being compensated for it. And then on the obviously on the third end, uh, being you know having the, whether it's a kid you know go, you're going into a boys and girls club, which is a lot of what you know our collectives will work with, and you know we will announce later what our partners directly with Friends of the Heights are 
but just being, you know, there to be role models for, for kids um, it, with those 501c3 nonprofits is always a huge deal, too. So, you know, that's really one side is, is from the individual perspective. And then, you know, on the other side, we encourage folks to think about the marketing budgets they may have access to at the companies they work with. So we do have a corporate sponsorship model and, and opportunities available with that as well. So, you know, in order to grow the visibility of your brand, you know, you obviously can connect with the collective and, you know, work with student athletes to help boost your brand and earn that compensation as well. So, you know, that's, that's pretty much from the financial perspective, how to approach it. And then really for us, you know, just trying to get the word out there. We'd love for people to follow Friends of the Heights on social media, help, help spread the word about the organization to your peers. You know, it's really important that we provide education to everyone on how NIL can be a game changer for BC Athletics. You know, what I will say is the, the way that we make the most out of NIL, you know, selfishly, me looking through the lens of, of BC as an alum, you know, I truly b- believe that right here, right now, the dollars that you invest in building a strong collective have the highest return on investment in correlation to success in BC athletics moving forward. And what I'll say is this is the reality of Power 5 college athletics. It is the future, but it's not in the future. It's here and now, and now is the time to get in. So those are the ways to get involved. I would be happy to, you know, provide my contact information for anyone that would like to get involved with Friends of the Heights. That's awesome. And then on the other end, what's some of the events that BC athletes will do uh, to support their name, image, and likeness uh, from your perspective? Yeah, so we're working on who our 501c3 nonpart. uh Nonprofit partners are right now, Mike. So that's going to be rolled out. But we're working on onboarding um, student athletes from a few of the programs right now, and it's going to take a little bit of time. We're we're basically in a fundraising round right now. Um, we raised just short of uh, one million uh, so far uh, in cash in, and with the the goal uh, for before May thirty first, uh, getting another million. Uh, so we have two million dollars. Um, and financing, um, and what I would say is that, you know, we're still working, like I said, with the um, the Friends of the Heights to determine the best, you know, nonprofit 501c3s to work with. What I will say is, you know, we certainly have some in mind that have deep roots with the BC community that, you know, I think would be uh, a no-brainer for our student-athletes to lead with. But, you know, in the coming weeks, we're going to be doing the onboarding, and, you know, you're going to start seeing you know, content come from Friends of the Heights on our social media pages, you know, about some of this involvement and would love to do other things um, to provide that visibility of what, what the collective is doing to not only help the student athletes from a compensation standpoint, you know, earn that, but build their own brands and help these, you know, 51 c 3 nonprofits in the Boston area also grow their brands. So, again, it's a win-win situation. Tim, can't thank you enough for coming on. Such a, you know, really good, fascinating conversation. And I think your quote you said about the future is here is right. So I encourage all BC fans, sports fans to look it up. I'll I'll provide the links when I post this podcast. But got to get involved in NIL and get going, get promoting the program. That's the future. Thanks so much, Tim, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I would just say friendsoftheheights.com is the best place to uh, find more information. If you ever want to contact me, my email is tim at friendsoftheheights.com, and uh, we'll provide my cell and other contact info in the, in the show notes as well. Thanks so much, Tim. Really appreciate the time. Hi, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. 
CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.